Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys. With me as always are some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Mike Manny, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing excellent and I am drinking a Dr. Ugly. It is a... Uh, a ripoff of Dr. Pepper, but it's supposed to be a seltzer water that tastes exactly like Dr. Pepper, but no calories, no caffeine, no nothing. It, it, uh, yeah. It doesn't sound like a, a huge endorsement. Is it good? A little bit? Yeah. Is it even in the spot? I'm going to preface this. No. Yeah, I got 30 of them, so I'll be drinking 30 of them. <laughs> and I'm going to make it through it the same way you made it through the new girl. Joshua Hopper, how you doing? What are you drinking, man? Uh, I just have my requisite light beer, a Harpoon Rec League, but I am drunk on insomnia today. Drunk Yay. on insomnia. Yay. Let me know if you see the black dog. The black dog runs beside your truck sometimes. He takes everything. Everything away from you. I don't no know if you knows. actually said that or if that was just in my head. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> saw the movie Black Dog? No. No. Patrick Swayze, Meatloaf was the bad guy about truckers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did see that. Right, onions in him? Oh, no, Meatloaf. Me, oh. other Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Did he have ketchup on top? Tommy Boucher, how you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking some Great King Street Scotch by Compass Box. Scotch? Great King Street Scotch. Where's Street it from? Scotch sounds odd. Oh, street scotch like street corn? I like street corn. Yeah. Great King yeah. Street. Yeah, put some spicy mayo in my scotch. You got street scotch. Street scotch. <laughs> you know what happens on the street? Sometimes you got to fight. And you know what you need to do if you've got a fight? No kung fu. Oh. And today oh. we're going to be talking about Shang-Chi, one, a character I loved as a kid uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of them was uh, his comic book would often come in the magazine form. Uh, which I found easier to read as a kid who had a, had a couple of uh, uh, I had glasses as a kid and bifocals as a kid, and uh, my eyesight was never great, so I, I didn't enjoy those uh, magazine size uh, comic books a little bit more. And also another thing uh, was at the back of those old uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu comic books and the, the big ones, they would uh, have a couple of sections showing you how to do Kung Fu. In retrospect, it wasn't good. <laughs> They weren't teaching you anything real. It was some idiot who's like, hey, we got to fill three pages. Give me a couple of drawings of a guy throwing a punch. I'm going to put a couple of things down that I saw in an Encyclopedia Britannica one because we don't have the World Wide Web yet. And we're going to write down how to throw a punch. And I would study those and I would practice those and I thought I was learning stuff. And it's all due to Shang-Chi and the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. And I liked the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu comic book a lot. 
And I never called it Shang-Chi or anything like that. Did we all call it the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu? Because that was the name of the comic. Uh, that was Master, I thought it was of, Master of Kung Fu. Oh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu was the... The, the, the Digest. Yeah. The Digest. And Master of Kung Fu was the, uh, the, uh, the copy. That's right. So today we are talking about Shang-Chi. He just had a big movie coming out that came out. I think only one of us saw it. I saw uh, it. Yeah. I know. Uh, one big You're one of us. Of... I thought you guys had all seen it. One of us. That's why I said one of us. It's you. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to mention about this comic kind of book is it was a blatant attempt uh, by Marvel to uh, hone in on the martial art explosion of the 70s and the popularity of Bruce Lee. Uh, does everyone agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah this, this falls right along with the, the time of black exploitation films and these kung fu uh, uh, movies that were really, really uh, a huge hit in America. Uh, some people forget how popular these things were, but they were super, super popular and a lot of fun to watch. And Marvel wanted to you know, get in on that, so that's what this is. So let's talk a little bit about the publication history. Uh, but I think that'll I'll play out well because it was uh, Shang-Chi first appearance, uh, special Marvel edition number 15. That's in December of 1973, right when uh, this is really, you know, the, the, the martial arts crazes uh, really got some uh, some, hand, some some stuff going behind it. And, uh, and, and also was, also in, uh, in Times Square, they used to have different martial art films playing double features all the time in that time period. Uh, not just Bruce Lee stuff. Um, yeah, that's the Rise of the Wu Ting uh, films too. Yes. Yeah, and that was uh, those were filmed earlier, of course, but they didn't really start getting you know traction here until the seventies. Right, but it was yeah. right downtown near right where downtown, Marvel's headquarters where were. Marvel was. Yeah. Oh, that's I didn't think about that. So uh, you think that was uh, part of the influence? Yeah, I, definitely. I think they saw the popularity right outside their windows and it was probably one of the things that made them think to to start a comic on it that's why in the early Luke Cage comic you see him at the the movie theater <laughs> yeah. I do love that movie theater and the coke machine that uh, was uh, one of his biggest arch nemesis in the early comic books uh, so in Marvel Special Edition we see uh, Shang-Chi uh, trying to get out from underneath his uh, father's influence. Um, there were some giant size issues. There were a couple of special collector's issues. They were kind of all over the place for a while, calling it Savage Fish of Kung Fu, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, uh, the Deadly f uh, the Hands of Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu. As you can see, these got renamed a couple of times. And uh, it kind of made it hard to follow the comic book. But they did, I did get a lot of those as a kid. Just because they, they, they always seem to be in those, those, those stats. Um, there was a lot of crossovers, with, uh, especially in the larger comic books. Uh, in 1975, we start seeing those big uh, magazine forms. And in those, we also see Iron Fist, The White Tiger, Dogs of the Dragon, Colleen Wing, and Wistie Knight, of course, made by a friend of the podcast, Tony, and uh, a lot more. Uh, in 1995, Shang-Chi would uh, have a... a Revival in Milestone Media, and uh, he would start showing up in Journey into Mystery, uh, 514 through 516. This is where I kind of lost track. Uh, and during those uh, years, I was uh, overseas a lot. I was in the military, and I wasn't collecting a lot of comic books. Um, and I didn't even know until recently that he was part of Heroes for Hire in 2007. Uh, 
did any of you guys read those? Yeah. No. Yeah. I lost track of them in 1983 when his series got canceled. <laughs> Fair I lost track of them in 1971 before I was born. I was two months old when he was first released in 73, and I was on board right from the get-go. <laughs> Josh was an early adapter, and I, early I adapter. like that about you. Yeah. So I, think his, I think his name is actually Shang-Chi. Well, there's... All right, what is he? Uh, LT, you saw the movie. What do they call him in the movie? Oh, they call him Shang-Chi. So I, I've always called him Shang-Chi. But when like he came said, to America, he changed his name to Sean. 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 Sean of the Dead. Yeah, like S-E-A-N, Sean? Or S-H? because he was hiding from his father. S-H-A-U-N or S-H-A-U-N? You think he would have gone with Bill? Yeah. I mean, come on, Sean. Shang-Chi versus Sean-Chi? That's, that's just not a big leap. No. Yeah, I always pronounce it Shang-Chi, but then when I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, I've been mispronouncing this dude's name my whole life. It's one of those things you only read. So, yeah. And yeah. I'm right, that's what I was going to say. I'm right with you. I always thought it was Shang-Chi myself. Yeah. And I, I'm going to keep slurring that. Um, so uh, we know his father is the notorious Fu Manchu, uh, who runs the deadly, uh, I guess he runs the hand. Is that correct, uh, LT? You know the hand better than I do. Uh, he runs some criminal enterprise. Uh, it was. It's uh, never really defined. Hand, though. Yeah, it's it's hand adjacent. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's the other hand. Could be. It could be the Foot Clan. I don't know, but it's. Uh, uh, it's definitely not the Foot. I love the, the hand. Of the Foot Clan. Um, uh, so he's always battling to get out from under his father's shadow. At this point in Marvel history. He has defeated his father, and he's actually in charge of this giant assassin organization, which he's trying to use towards good, uh, very much like the way uh, Sunspot is trying to take over AIM, has taken over AIM, and is trying to make AIM uh, a more benevolent uh, force in the universe. So it's unsure whether or not he's going to be able to do this. A lot of superheroes are on the fence about whether or not to trust him. And one other thing I would like to uh, talk about is that when Spider-Man lost his spider sense, he lost the ability to fight competently because Spider-Man never really learned how to fight. Spider-Man relied on his spider sense, his super ability, and super agility. So there's always been this kind of underlying thing that the spider chose Peter Parker and there's some kind of mystical thing with Peter Parker and spiders and an unknown spider god. Shang-Chi is the one during the spider island uh, uh, thing that um, taught Spider-Man a form of Kung Fu called Spider Kung Fu, along with Wong, of course, but Shang-Chi was really the one that uh, tutored and helped Peter Parker embrace the spider side of his ability and come up with a fighting style based on the movement of arachnids. So in the latest iteration, the Secret Society is the Five Weapons Society. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it was. Comics. Yeah, that's what it was originally too. I believe. I don't know if it had a name, but the five weapons were his first foes. So that like, he fought the hammer, the dagger, the hand. I don't know what the others were. By the way, you, you saw the movie. Uh, is that machete in the movie? Which one? Uh, yeah. You're the, yeah. Spoiler ahead, in case you're caring about. Well, they they show it in the tra- they show it in the trailer very very, you know the guy with the giant yeah. machete. 
Yes. They call it machete? Well, they don't really call it a machete, but the, yeah, that's in the movie. Yeah, that is machete. Okay. I was kind of hoping they call it machete because I like that character. Uh, so that's everything I really want to talk about when it comes to the background. It's a little up and down. And he also had this crazy, crazy 1990-something one where he was battling uh, what, uh, two, I'm sorry, 2018 Master of Kung Fu 126. Uh, did anyone read that one? Because that one was really weird. Yeah. He had like a monkey that we was helping and there was uh, a bunch of animals and uh, someone read it and explain it to me because I felt like I was doing drugs while I was trying to read it. We will not get on that right away. Okay. So for yeah. So for me, uh, my, dad, I, my dad, my dad used, my dad used to collect uh, Master of Kung Fu. It was it wasn't one of his go to things, but he preferred non superhero comics. So he'd buy a lot of war comics, Western comics, and occasionally he'd buy uh, Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu. So I'd get those issues, and I was always like, "Oh, it's a Marvel comic. Cool. This dude's not a superhero." Uh, he really wasn't a superhero. He was just trying to uh, beat his dad. Uh, it's his his backstory is, in my opinion, garbage. Like he was brought up in a cult, and then the first assassination he goes out on, he kills the dude, and then his friend is sad, and so he's like, "Oh, maybe my whole life has been wrong, <laughs> and I'm going to betray my father because this dude should." that he was upset that this other guy got killed. It's it's ridiculous. And when you go back and read these comics from the 70s, it's cringeworthy. It's a dude who thinks he knows what, you know, he's taking the stereotype that he gets from the Kung Fu movies and just translating it into the comic books. It's all pretty bad. And for a guy who grew up in a monastery, secluded from everything, only learning how to fight... He sure is able to adapt quickly to, you know, phones and trains and planes and shit. He's not a moron. He's just a little uh, uncultured. Yeah. All right. He feeds off of wildlife and vegetation in New York City, and he doesn't get sick from that. Yeah. In the 70s. <laughs> the set, or at least high. Before the EPA existed. That's all I'm going to well, say. That's all I'm going to say. As long as we're on the subject, listed under his superpowers is he's a very patient fisher. That's not a superpower. Uh, That's every fisherman. Listed under his superpowers, it fucking is. Because Marvel doesn't lie to him. That is what every fisherman is. Very patient. Know, he's got to be a couple of, Danny DeVito probably fished a couple of times in his life. And I'm going to guess that son of a bitch wasn't that patient. He was totally good at it. He was the penguin. He has totally... I'm guessing Danny DeVito is one of those types of guys that, like, tosses a grenade in the water to get fish that way. That is one way to catch fish. I'm not going to lie. Um, but other than that, like, like Mike was saying, he doesn't have any superpowers except for very patient fishermen. Well, he did in Jonathan Hickman's uh, run on the Avengers. He is a member of the Avengers, and he had been granted a cosmic power where he is able to multiply himself. And uh, an army of the greatest martial artist in the world is pretty fucking un unstoppable. 
wait, wait. So he's multiple man? No, he's 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 more powerful than multiple man because unlike Madrox, it's not just different aspects of his personality becoming these characters. But yeah, he could he could make a thousand replicas of himself, ten thousand replicas. Well, he was also given a, a pair of special goggles by Tony Stark that allows him to focus his cheese in ways that increased his strength. Uh, he had repulsor nunchucks, and he was uh, even, uh, you know, granted those special abilities that you were just talking about. He used pin particles also to increase his size at a couple of times. I don't know why he would do that. Because a giant martial artist is better than a martial artist. <laughs> I don't know. This seems like frosty on the cake. I mean, he's going to kick me in the face. <laughs> Overcompensating? Yeah, maybe. So huh? other superheroes have given him superpowers, but he has no powers. Yeah. No powers. No powers. Powers. He's a very skilled warrior and very well-trained. Very well-trained martial arts. So his superpowers powers out of other superpowered people? Maybe. Uh, so, where does he rank in Marvel? you think he's the best martial artist? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going to go yes. Isn't Moondragon supposed to be pretty good? Moondragon, Karnak. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about Karnak. He's, he, he, but he has a, a mutant, not a mutant, but he has a, a human ability to find the, the exact weakest spot on anyone. And attack that point. So I think that that's you know enhanced. My guess, keep, my guess I also taught him a spectral touch. Pole. I'm gonna keep talking. Kitty <laughs> Pride also taught him a spectral touch attack uh, that he was able to use to become intangible uh, and strike people. Go on, LT. What were you blathering about? I'm gonna guess it that his weakest point is his fishing pole. Wow, I'm glad we waited for that one. Mm-hmm. All right. I had an argument here, but... You were going to go with Iron Fist? You're wrong. Shang-Chi could kick Iron Fist's ass. Nope, I can't think of it. I don't know. Male or female? Just male. He trained someone else. Richard Dragon? Oh, stick. Hey. No, Richard Dragon. I was Richard, Richard Dragon's Dragon. DC. Thanks. That's what that was my. That's where my confusion lies. How about LT? Now I know you know this character. How about Stick? Uh, I mean, Stick trained Daredevil, but I don't know. I don't know that Chi I don't know that he's gonna be better than Chi yeah, I don't know Daredevil and Stick really rank up there. Yeah. I mean, they're impressive. Yeah. But I don't know if they're the best. All right, I, I go with Shang Chi as the best or one of the very, very best. But I thought like I thought oh, wait, Moon wait, Dragon you know, was go supposed with... to be like unnaturally good. I go with Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Oh. I heard that dude's really good. How yeah. about the, how about their slacker brother Shang Chi? Uh, he works at a uh, garage. He parks cars. But there's like four Shang Chi's, right? There's S H A U N, S H A W N, S E A N. There's they're all over the place. You can't go with the Irish one, Sean. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Sean O'Chee. 
LT. That guy did a couple belts in one. LT, without spoiling the movie, uh, three to 18 it for us. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a character that I didn't really care for. Uh, the movie kind of ended on a down note for me. I, I'm going to say it was like a, maybe like a 13. Is the martial arts at least good? Yeah. Is I it mean, better than John Wick? It's flashy. It's an action film. Is it as good as John Wick? I, I still haven't seen John Wick yet. Holy shit. Any of the John Wick movies? Nothing? Nothing. You are denying yourself the greatest action movie ever. Some really great sequences at the very They really are. They're all actually good movies. Yeah. I like the, I mean, was it number two where they just have the knife fight in the hallway? Yeah. Breaking glass, grabbing all the knives. I love that scene. Oh, my. Have you seen that uh, dub to break, uh, Staying Alive? No. The beats go really, uh, stuh, 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 Staying Alive, Staying Alive. Someone did a great job. That's all I'm saying. Um... I, I, you know, I like the character, and I was glad that he finally got his uh, comeuppance. Uh, I'm really hoping that we see more of Shang Chi, maybe another movie or two. And Wong, I know it's going to do well over, overseas. Wong was great in the film, though. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, there's a yeah, the Bruce Banner, Hulk, Wong, Abomination, things that those are all in the trailer. Mike, come on, I haven't seen the movie either. I can't give you a spoiler. I haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They're in the trailer! Sure. Anyway, I read a couple of the comics, the latest ones, for uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe. And the thing I liked about it is he's he's taken over as head of his father's organization. And he's trying to he's trying to turn the Titanic into a force for good. So he's slowly trying to influence his sister and the, the sort of the uh, head folks to, uh, to make it a force for good. And in the midst of it, they go into this bidding war. They go to this uh, for one of the uh, cosmic cubes, and Modok and Aim are there. And I just thought it was nice that they were like they kind of Modok Modok in the moment to sort of make him a little goofy, just like from the show. And so they Modok Modok in the comic, and I I really appreciated that. Was Fred Henbeck there? Because I've heard he's destroyed the Marvel Universe before. <laughs> but I only read a couple of issues, and but it was, it was they had a cameo by uh, Spider-Man and Captain America in the first couple of issues, and uh, uh, it was at least well drawn. And some of the uh, the callbacks and other Marvel references were, were pretty amusing. Right, yeah, I actually don't know when it was published. I think 2018 or 2019. Something like that. Yeah, it wasn't too long. I remember seeing it uh, come out. I remember... Uh, it's on Comicology, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was free yeah. read. Yeah, I read uh, Shang-Chi by... Uh, volume 1, Brothers and Sisters by Jean Luan Yang. Uh, and it was okay. You read the whole thing? Volume 1, yeah. Good for you, man. I got through the first issue and him. I was like, done. Yeah, it, it was, it, like I said, I wasn't crazy about this character to begin with. And then I read that and I was like, I'm still not crazy about this character. I read some of the old 70s one that I found online here and there and a couple that I had in the, the big boxes. I still enjoyed them. It's, it, I enjoyed them the way I enjoy uh, a Conan comic book. You know, I like the fight scenes. Uh, 
the guy's a good guy fighting bad guys. There's nothing not to enjoy. And the, the black and white big magazines, something about that aesthetic really appeals to me. I enjoy that black and white, really kind of cool mag I, type. I dis, and I, I'm a Jim Starlin fan, but I disliked his work on Shang-Chi because other than Shang-Chi, every, all the Asian characters had kind of an evil, uh, yeah, obviously Fu Manchu was the bad guy, but they kind of go into the whole racist, uh, stereotype looking Asian, evil Asian character deal. 100%. And they, those, those 70 comic books are pretty cringeworthy. Yeah. But it was nice to have some Asian characters in comic books at the time. They are all assassins in those books. There was a couple of coffee house people. He was trying to save one nice young lady who worked at a coffee house in one of my comic books. She's in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. In Chinatown, she, it was it was a whole thing. Why do you have a coffee house? It should be a tea house. She's like, I like coffee. I'm American now. Yeah. And, she poisoned uh, people with coffee because she was an assassin, but whatever. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> no, the, uh, the poison the, the, the gets hidden. trying to get protection money and change. She, of course, helped her. Thumbs up. Coffee hides it better than tea. That's why she had a coffee shop. Yeah. 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 It was called You Need to Drink the Last Drop. Dead to the Last Drop. You guys are ruining this coffee for me. And that's okay. <laughs> I, I believe I believe it was actually all instant coffee. She served Sanka. Oh, Sanka! Oh my God! Do you remember? The, so speaking of awful stereotypes, nineteen seventy-three. Do you remember the Calgon commercial? Calgon, take me away! Oh, take me away! Calgon, take me away! Yeah. No, there was also the other one before that. No. For the dish soap, I'll have to look it up. But it was uh, ancient Chinese secrets. Oh, uh, yeah, but that, that, wasn't, that wasn't Calgon. That was, that was, that was Calgon, Calgon, was it? What do you think uh, it was? I think it was some was, sort of, like, it was, it was some it was, sort of, um... I think that was, like, uh, Tide or something like that. Yeah, it was some sort of clothing detergent. I thought it was a Calgon. I thought it was, because Calgon's the best thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought Calgon also had, I, this just in my head, that they also had... Every time I hear Calgon, I just think it's a demon in DC Universe that just yeah. takes people away. Oh, my God, that's... <laughs> I would so read the shit out of that. It's true. <laughs> yeah. No, it was Calgon. I'm, I'm sorry. It was Calgon. 1970, ancient Chinese secret. Calgon also made a water softener. And we need more Calgon was what his wife would say to him when he told people it was an ancient Chinese secret. Yeah. And she would come out and go, we need more Calgon. He'd be like, don't. It's not an ancient Chinese secret. I can post that if you guys are still disbelieving. No, probably not. That's no, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, I remember it as being incredibly, uh, even at that point in the 70s, I'm like, that's kind of cringy. <laughs> I was like, oh. uh, anyone have any last uh, things they want to say about Shang-Chi? Like I said before, I'm glad to see more representation in comic books of our, our Asian American friends and Asian friends. And uh, this, I think, opens the door to, you know, allowing these heroes to, to be up on the screen. The, the yeah. actor himself says that he was, um, you know, very influenced by seeing, you know, Bruce Lee movies as a kid because he finally saw a hero like him. 
That's a big step. It is. Sometimes it's crazy, but it's still a big step. Huge step. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. All right. Mikey, what do you got in the front of the long box? At the front of the long box this week, I've got Jim Cornette presents Behind the Curtain, Real Pro Wrestling Stories. Is this a comic book or a book? It is a comic book. Who drew it? Um, Brandon Easton. Uh, uh, Jim Cornette is, uh, for those of you who do not follow wrestling, is one of the uh, greatest managers of all time, and he has plenty of opinions, but he's also a wrestling historian. And uh, this series by him is really good because not only does he break down like important events in uh, wrestling history, like a uh, the first one was about this guy who was posing as this heel Russian character who, to anger the racist Memphis fans, started teaming with a black dude. Just... <laughs> Um, and was the first interracial tag team. Uh, and Just to build more heat. To build more heat, but he got so popular in Memphis. Uh, they used to have the colored section, which was the upper level. But because he got so popular with the black folks in Memphis, they ran out of room up in the balcony and they had to integrate the lower section uh, because this dude was so popular with the African Americans but so hated by the white people. Uh, He tells stories like that. Um, And he's got a glossary in the back on, you know, this is what a heel is, this is what a face is. And all these different wrestling terms. Mark, uh, spark, it's, smart, it, mark. He's got all that in the back of the book. It, it's delightful. If you're a wrestling fan and you like comic books, go ahead and check it out. Even if you don't like comic books, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, you should really check it out because it's, it's, it's quite delightful. And uh, if you're not a comic book fan, I don't know why the fuck you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, you said this, uh, this is the front of the law box. When did this come out? Don't you question me. <laughs> well, I want to go buy it now, you motherfucker. 2019. You can actually find it on Comixology Unlimited for free. All right. Well, I got it. Jim Cornette presents. So is he carrying a tennis racket? Yeah, of course he's carrying a tennis racket. It's Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette wasn't carrying a damn tennis racket. Oh, uh, by the way, I have to uh, correct myself. Dennis Medry was the artist. Uh, Brandon Easton was the uh, writer along with Jim Cornette. I'm just wondering if you got any of the uh, semi-famous comic book drawing wrestlers who are out there to draw it for them. Because we all know that uh, Jerry Lawler is actually a pretty talented characterist and artist. Uh, he probably could have pulled it off. And uh, Mick Foley uh, is actually pretty good at uh, drawing cartoons himself. Just saying. Yeah. On the same subject, did anybody, is anybody watching The Dark Side of the Ring? Watch the plane ride from hell. That's a terrifying episode. Oh, there's already been a bunch of fallout from that. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Ric Flair's in trouble because he sexually assaulted someone 
yeah. a while ago, and no one said anything about it, and now they're being special about it, and maybe you should have a penalty for that. Yeah. And Tommy well, Dreamer screwed himself by saying, that was just Ric Flair. Styling and profiling by waving his penis in front of a scared airline attendant and asking her to touch it. And Rob Van Dam admitted that H-bombing ring rats was something everyone kind of did, so it wasn't thought of as bad. That's when you put a house down in someone's drink and have sex with them when they pass out. Rob Van Dam, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Just so you know. I'm sorry, on that downer note, Tommy, what do you have to back in the long box? In the back of the long box, I have Iron Man and Power Pack. Yeah. Josh, I'm almost done with your Power Pack collection. Just for Mikey, some wholesome entertainment after that bombshell. (laughs) By Mark Sumerak, Marcelo DiChiara, and Guru. God, I love hearing you mess up names. I know you too. (laughs) This is like a four-issue series that you can find collected. Uh, digitally, and uh, it was just a, it was a nice little sort of Power Pack and Iron Man team up. Uh, they go after some uh, classic Iron Man villains like Ultimo. Uh, just you know, Power Pack doing its Power Pack thing, only without an Iron Man. All right. So he comes like he becomes an unofficial member of Power Pack. For some reason, <laughs> they just kind of show up where Iron Man's doing stuff. Well, that sounds odd and tangential. Like, to like the they're playing in the park, and all of a sudden Iron Man's fighting an Ultimo robot. You know, it's it's crazy. I, I don't know. It sounds like Iron Man might need a restraining order. Yeah, stop hanging around with those kids, Iron Man. Possibly. <laughs> uh, by the way, Mikey would enjoy it, so that's why I am only eight issues up. away from finishing Josh's Power Pack collection. Oh, are you? Are you sure you got everything? My white elephant. I, I know you want yeah, that. Do you have Spider-Man and Power Pack take on uh, the dangers of sexual assault? Yeah. Right. Do you have Iron Man and Power Pack yes. from 2020? No. Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, I think you need I'm not trying power. to get every Power Pack comic. I'm just trying to get the volume one, the classic <laughs> So that way, so that way, Josh can figure. I want him to be able to figure out how that all worked into them being in the mute (laughs) massacre. Yeah, because it's it's an important part. Yeah, you got to build to it. (laughs) LT, I saw that Mike was able to find another one of the Jack of Hearts comic books for you. Yeah, was that Jack of Hearts and Iron Man? I think it was actually. It was an Iron Man. That Iron Man is everywhere. Yeah, everywhere you want to be. As was Jack of Hearts. Sure he was. Sure. sure. Remember the Avengers? Yeah. Had his own miniseries? He was all over the Marvel Universe. Who, who's going to play him in the movie there, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> Josh, that's a tangent, and you're the king of that. Got a tangent for us, buddy? Yeah, so uh, if, I don't know if I mentioned on this podcast. I did, but on the a Patreon one especially, I am uh, running on fumes here, and my camera just got out. Uh, or something. Mike's now presenting. I don't know. To ignore that. On. I pressed the wrong button. Well, whatever. Anyway. Ignore me! 
I hasn't gotten lots of sleep in the past few days. And I know, uh, Tom and Mike, you guys were in the military, and I worked a horrible construction job in college. What is the longest you've stayed awake? What do you think the the uh, the, the the big time is for you? Well, Look. Mike and I both have done at least you know duty, which is twenty four hours, right? You've done that. Watch. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I. Uh, like in, without any sleep? Yeah. Uh, probably 38 hours. I think somewhere around 30 or 35 hours for myself because of watch. Because, you know, watch is a 24-hour shift. Um, and, you know, you got to do a couple things before you start watching. You got to do a couple things after. So, yeah, I'd say 30-ish. I did a, a full day of work, and then they called me out for... Uh, my job, and I spent 24 hours watching a door. Oh, that's right. The, uh, <laughs> and that's the, when the freaking Pope was in town. No, it was a different. This is a different time. It was a bunch of uh, Jamaican smugglers. Uh, and then when they were going to, I was a brand new agent, and when they were going to go take down the bad guys, they were like, Manning's been watching the door for 24 hours he needs to go home and I was like I'm not leaving now <laughs> there's no way right before we take down the bad guys what the fuck well, all I want to know is behind the fucking door what's behind the door what's the door yeah well having insomnia I know I've done at least 36 without trying <laughs> I uh in college, I, I woke up, I picked up my boss, I drove to the shop, I drove a truck to the Cape, I got on a boat, I worked a, a 32-hour shift in Martha's Vineyard. And then I'm pretty sure, though, I fell asleep on the boat back, but that was only like an hour, and then had to drive back home and drop people off and unload the truck. So you at know, least, probably at least 36 for me. I'm surprised that's the one you picked, Josh, because I remember you driving home from for Easter. That was 27 hours straight from Iowa. But that was straight. 27 hours of driving by myself in a car. Yeah. And yeah. didn't you fall asleep so behind the wheel and, like, almost get out? Oh, I definitely fell asleep behind the wheel and then was hallucinating that the car had stopped. But I definitely tried to open the door and step out, and I was definitely still driving. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that I almost just got out day. of my moving car. Yeah. That's not good. That was not good. I think of that every time I'm a little drowsy driving, and I just pull over and take a like twenty minute nap. Set the yeah. iPhone. Boom. Yeah. You, you are our you are our worst case scenario, Josh. We we right. use you. Cautionary <laughs> tale. All right, Josh. I think you got the record there, Rob. You sit around. Uh, Got to be around forty then, right? No, it was a thirty-two hour shift, and I think that everything else was probably three or four hours. It was probably like around thirty-six. Yeah. I would guess. Yeah, so around time. Well, Tommy, I bet you, you've done worse with your insomnia at some without even yeah. knowing your problem. Yeah, I mean, because, like, when my wife was working uh, away from, from where I was living, like, I know that I would, like, get up, go to work, come home, and, like, start binge-watching a show on Netflix and just not go to sleep and just stay up and be like, oh, it's like six o'clock the next evening. 
<laughs> I should probably probably stay up until like at least eight or nine and get on a regular sleep schedule again. <laughs> Tommy, you got a three day team for us? Uh, I got a 318. Uh, sure. Uh, 318. Uh, Wu Tang, uh, built. Josh, you're kind of a little confused. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, the Wu Tang films? Uh, I don't. Uh, the Wu Tang, so you, everyone knows the Wu Tang clan. Uh, they took the name from uh, Wu Tang films, uh, which were uh, super, super popular martial arts uh, uh, filming company. And the Wu-Tang uh, films will include such classics as uh, The Flying Guillotine, The Five Deadly Venoms, uh, House of Shaolin, uh, uh, the, oh, The Seven Rooms of Kung Fu. That's a classic. Uh, oh, The Chinese Wooden Men of Kung Fu. That's another classic. Um, Assassins vs. Bodyguards. All those, all those, you know... Uh, if you think of the old classic bad dubbing yeah. with the with the really quaint the spaghetti western version of martial arts absolutely 100% you got it those but, are all the old Wu-Tang 3 to 18 uh, I'm going to go with a 9 really? you want just a 9? yeah alright I mean you'll, you'll watch one but you don't get excited no I won't watch one I saw him as a kid, and I didn't like him. Let's not forget, well, nine and a half is average on a pre-18s game. Right? Yeah, yeah you got to go a little lower, buddy. Yeah, you got to drop that score down. No, I'm going to go with that. I don't. I, I have no personal grudge against him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's not going to. Uh, Five Daily Venoms. I love that classic. Uh, Flying Guillotine, super classic. Love that movie. Uh, I'm going to give it a 16. I will still watch. Um, uh, I got Pluto. Mike, you got Pluto. Uh, they have Flicks of Fury as one of the channels, and they are almost always showing uh, one of those old Wu-Tang Clan uh, movies. And uh, I will stop and watch them all the time. So I'm going to give it a nice solid 16. They had a couple clunkers, and they certainly don't know how to write a love story at all. <laughs> I'm going to give it a... I mean, I haven't seen one in so long that I'm going to say that since my... My subconscious has no desire to like go back and rewatch that, and I honestly don't know if I could sit down through a whole movie. But I liked them, you know, back in the day, like you know, early Saturday nights. If it came on, I'd be like, "All right, I'll watch this martial arts movie." So I'd go with an eleven. All right, Kung Fu Double Feature on uh, uh, PIX uh, out of New York. We used to watch them all the time. I'm gonna go with a twelve. It's all right. I love those movies a little bit more than you guys as a kid. I was very influenced by the, uh, uh, by that. And, uh, yeah, I loved him. I loved him. I saw the 16 for me. Okay. All right. I guess that brings us. What's that? I love uh, Mike's MacBook uh, background for this week's uh, YouTube broadcast. Nice. <laughs> That's right, Mike. Everyone gets to see what windows we got up. We we know we got. Uh, grow- what what's your Howard the Duck over here? What's that? <laughs> got a whole tab for that. I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about. We can see your... Uh, we can who's see recording? Your... And who's got a MacBook? I'm recording, but I don't have a MacBook. I have a MacBook. So, Mike, yeah, for is... some reason, you are sharing your screen. Yeah, yeah, you've been sharing your We're screen. We're not watching us anymore. Like... We're watching yeah. your computer screen. 
Don't close those tabs, Mike. Stop close closing the tabs. tabs. Close them. What the? Eeyore's, wait, what's know, Eeyore's? What oh, you gotta put Eeyore's in the day. What the fuck is that? Who's Who that guy? That? That's, that's John, uh, my old roommate in Thailand. I don't know why you guys are seeing that's, any of this. That's uh, the, the lead singer of the Jumpstarts. For some reason. Like, put up Eeyore's Big Day JPEG. Let's see that. Ho, <laughs> <laughs> I love Eeyore's Big Day. I know. I think LT actually has this uh, piece of artwork in his I house. Know. They ran out. They ran out. <laughs> they won't show it. Right. They won't show it. That's okay, Mike. Anyway. <laughs> we are Open. old men with new technology and it shows. No, I've, I've got an ancient MacBook. <laughs> it's probably running too much stuff. Shows. Yeah. Now you, you you hit share screen on Skype. I, I don't know how I did it, and I don't know how to turn it off. All right. So this this is not going to be on YouTube. No, there's yours, Big Day. Aww. Aww. Ah, I ah. cannot see that. All right, let's bring this to right. plugs. Uh, Josh. <laughs> uh, so sad. So very Aww. sad. You are so happy there. Uh, we're not even going to have this in the thing. Why are we, <laughs> Why are we still talking about it? Yeah, uh, Josh, we're going to go over to plugs. Uh, Josh, I know you got something to plug that's coming up, don't you? Uh, yeah, Epic Nerd Camp starts in a very short period of time. It's like October 8th to the 12th in somewhere south of here. Uh, it's easy to find online, and I'm sure if you're not tired, you can do that. I'll do sword stuff there. You can find me. I'll be in the place labeled swords. Oh, damn, we got coronation that weekend. Maybe I'll put it up. Are you going to teach any martial arts? Because if you're going to do hand stuff, I'll go. <laughs> Not doing hand stuff, Mike. <laughs> All right. They Check. Get, they get really upset. <laughs> Checking. Just, just swords and lights. I mean, why am I going to spend all that money on camp if I'm not going to get a little hand stuff? I don't know. <laughs> all right. Uh, I, I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing their geek rock music to us every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. And we were recording, but I fucked that up, so uh, you won't be able to see it on YouTube. But we do have a YouTube channel. Just go search for the Longbox guys. And, of course, you should all check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the Longbox guys, where every week... Uh, w- that we do a podcast, we'll uh, post a, what the hell is it called? The Geek Leak, where you can hear all the other stuff that we're doing besides comics during the week. And we play a game over there called Dead or Alive, and we are very good at talking about people who are still alive and then having them die soon afterwards. <laughs> uh, so if you're you want a preview of two who might die soon, Go check that out. And it's only $1 a month. And all the money goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Bank. We do try to mention Andy Dick every week in the hopes that we off this monster. <laughs> I mean, he's he's doing a pretty damn good job of it himself. I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be one of the guys that, like, we're going to lose uh, geniuses like Phil Hartman, but Andy Dick's going to survive. 
Sorry. Norm MacDonald's dead, but Andy Dick strives on. Fuck. Sorry. I would also like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. Mitch Hedberg dead at 28, but Andy Dick's still alive. Fuck. Sorry. That was the last one. Is it? Geekorthodox.com. If you are in uh, New York for New York Comic Con, go by their booth and check him out. Uh, purveyors of all the finest clothing, stained glass prints, uh, static clings, uh, anything you could possibly desire, you're going to find it there. I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock. They can be found at kirbycracklemusic.com. Yes, they can. Mike already mentioned them once already, but I guess a second shout-out is worthy of them because they are awesome. I stole his uh, geekorthodox.com plug, so yeah. it was only fair for him to get revenge on me. Pretty much. Vengeance is mine! And so. me, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll plug uh, uh, King Richard's Fair. I had a great time last weekend. Go down there, get your costume on, go talk to people. I was mocked for trying to find a vest with jackets on by people using Venmo. That pissed me off a little. Hey, I want a vest, but I need more with pocket. Pockets weren't invented yet. It was Venmo, asshole. Fuck off. Just saying. It's fair. Hey. I thought it was fair. Everybody good? Good? All right, go away. Is fair at the fair? Fair at the fair. (laughs) Mike, what is this podcast like to you? It's like Drunk History, but for comics. And Josh? Uh, 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 Epic Nerd Camp. Epic Nerd Camp. Is that your, your going to be your... That will be my sector. All right. Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy. Any words of wisdom for us? If you haven't gotten a shot, get a shot. If you've already gotten a shot and you feel like you need another shot, get another shot. Shot, 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 shot for you, shot for you, shot for you, shot for that guy over there. Everybody gets a shot if they want a shot. Yeah. I finally got my last holdout at my on my volunteers on my food bank to get a shot. I had to drive them there myself, <laughs> but it was worth it. And don't forget what I always say: don't diss what you hate, just promote what you love. You live longer. Thank you so much from the Lockbox guys.